Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Today we've got another edition of Fan is Short for Fanatic. Today I'm joined by Grant Chapel Chaps from the Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. If you haven't tuned into their podcast already, I highly advise you dive into that. They're on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere, social media, Rabbitohs Radio. Chaps is a Rabbitohs absolute diehard. He does the podcast with Darren Brown and Steve Maven, two South Sydney champions. Uh, Grant himself is just a massive fan. He's been working down at the Wharves in Sydney, so he's got to know a lot of the boys over a long period of time, and it's just a South Sydney fanatic. Uh, really great chat with Chaps here, him telling his story as a fan, you know, going all the way back to the late 80s where, you know, South Sydney had a team where they could potentially win the premiership. They just missed out, and, you know, then he was heartbroken, but, you know, nothing could prepare him for what was going to happen over the next, you know, 20-odd years. Ten years later, South Sydney are kicked out of the comp and the emotions surrounding that period of time, they're just heartbreaking to listen to. It was actually quite hard to interview chaps during this period because, you know, you could just tell how much it hurt him and how, you know, how tough that period of time was. Then, of course, they come back into the comp and it's life-changing for him all the way leading up to that big night in 2014 where they end their premiership drought. A sensational story, a champion bloke. Make sure you go and check out their podcast. Three great blokes that I've got to know over the last year or so. Champion fellas, let's kick off the podcast. Chaps, welcome on. How are we, mate? Good, mate. Thanks for having me on, Nathan. Mate, we've been waiting a while on this podcast to get a Rabbitohs fan on. I can't believe it's taken this long. Yeah, we're mad, South fans. Don't worry about that. Mate, speaking of being a South fan, it's not a bad week to be one just quietly. Oh, wow. Jeez, I was only just talking on Rabbitohs Radio yesterday about it, just doing the, the review of the game. And I think it's up there with the greatest win I've ever seen, to be honest, um, especially in the rivalry. I suppose you can go back and that prelim final. 2014, that's a pretty special memory. So back in 2011, when we come from 10 points down in the final two minutes, that's another special one where Adam Reynolds scored adjacent to the post there. So, I mean, it's, I think it's above those two, to be honest. When you, when you weigh it all up and have a look, that going into the final round, the Roosters were $3.25 favourites, won the last two premierships. I think they were $4 in the game, $11 to win 13-plus, and we come out and put... A sixty burger on this mob, mate. What a what a time to be alive, mate. Mate, especially like you know the first ten minutes of the game. I, I to be honest with you, I thought the Roosters were on top, and then it just. I, I'm not sure if I've ever seen a game change so much. They just clicked in, into gear, and it was just over, wasn't it? Well, that first try looked a little soft. I think Campbell Graham might have lost a bit of footing, and then Josh Morris kind of slid over, didn't he? It didn't look anything too difficult, and then looked like they opened us up again. The following set of six and. I think it was Morris again, did a overhand pass to Kiri and it was ruled forward. And I thought, oh, here we go. But from the ensuing set, Cody Walker just cut them open twice to score. 
them open to get us down that end of the field and then sort of scored off a really beautiful set play by Adam Reynolds. Mate, we'll come back to your South Boys soon, but obviously you just mentioned then the Rabbitohs Radio. Now, yourself, Brownie and Mavo, you've been doing this for about 18 months or so. It's one of, you know, it's a podcast that I absolutely love listening to. And, you know, the the backstory to it is essentially, you know, Mavo and Brownie, they played first grade. You're a fanatical fan and you just came together and you just provided something that the Rabbitohs didn't have. It's a fantastic story. Yeah, I suppose I, I've spoken about it before. There, there was a gap in the market, I think, Rabbitohs are the biggest, most supported club in Australia. We've, you know, I think there's well over this, in the data, there's well over 670,000 people access their social media sites in a week, different people. So that's, that's pretty phenomenal numbers. And I thought, why not get together with a couple of the boys from work and come up with a podcast, mate, and just sort of mirrored a few ones I had in America. We'd preview a game and about the one coming up and talk about a lot of the news and just dig into a couple of old stories, you know? Mate, obviously, you know when 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 you say some of the guys you work with, you walk you work down at the wharves down at Botany Bay, and fuck, if you could get a like a greatest team of all time from the wharves or at their peak, it's a top four side, isn't it? That's a fair squad. I wouldn't want to play up against them. David Cement Gillespie, one of the biggest hitters around. We've had. I remember OJ Cunningham used to work out there. Owen Cunningham and Bundy Davidson. He was a fair player. We've had Scotty Logan, big Scotty Logan was out there. Obviously, Darren Brown, Steve Maven. Probably going to get in trouble for getting a few here, but, you know, Adam Pook and Darren Higgins, he played well over 100 games. Charles Simons. Oh, the, the list goes on, mate. There's plenty. And, mate, your two co-hosts, you mentioned them then, Mavo and Brownie, two bloody talented footballers in their own right, weren't they? Yeah, they were. They were heroes of mine growing up, Nathan, in that late 80s period and, and early 90s. You know, it's like Mavo with the swan dive, you know, every kid loved that, you know, and Mossop didn't, but, and um, Darren <laughs> Brown, what a great ball player he was and, and sort of went on and played well over 200 games here in England and Australia. He was, he was such a talent. I grew up with Brownie as like a family friend and he'd sort of retired before um, I was really into footy and, you know, I must've known him for three or four years and not even realized that he played footy. He's just such a humble fella. And then you, like I saw all these tapes of him playing, like just had all the skill in the world, didn't he? He's a lovely bloke, mate, yeah. I was sort of seeing him here and around the traps for many years as a real estate agent after we left football and finished up working with him. And, and now I'm really, really top mates with him, mate. We talk to each other every day and about things on the podcast and just general work stuff and things going on in our lives, mate. They're, they're, and also Mavo, too, become really good friends with Mavo. He's an absolute champion, him and his family, mate. Mate, you couldn't have landed with two better blokes, no doubt about it. Yeah, it's a little trio there, mate. It's worked out so far, mate, and let's hope there's many more years to come. Mate, obviously myself, I'm a huge rugby league fan too, and having this podcast, you know, there's been guys that I've been able to interview that I just thought I'd never get to have conversations with, and they were like idols of mine as a kid. Who's been like the biggest star that you've been able to interview that's meant the most to you? Yeah, I mean, Cam Murray and Reynolds and Bobby McCarthy, Ronnie Coote, Brad Fittler. Scotty Sattler, we, we've had some pretty big names on, you know, like, I mean, the current stars, Latrell Mitchell, I spoke to Jaden Sewer yesterday, who's an emerging talent, and if he can sort of get a bit of consistency over the next few years, I think he'll be regarded as one of the most feared back rowers in the competition, maybe. And even someone like uh, Blake Solly, who's just a, an articulate and, and fantastic operator, and we're so lucky to have him in charge of our great club, mate. Mate, I know Brownie and Freddie are good mates, but I'm shocked you got to start on the Rabbitohs radio podcast just quietly. Yeah, I know. We've Mark Guyer as well. You know, we sort of around grand final time, we've had a few different few different heads on. We even had Matt Johns jumped on there. We're interviewing Jason Booth one day, and Matty Johns grabbed the phone and started having a chat to us. So we've been pretty lucky, to be honest. A lot of people have helped us along the way, no doubt about it. Mate, being a huge Rabbitohs fan yourself, what's the earliest memory you have of them? Oh, I've got really early memories going to Redfern Oval in the early 80s and watching a young Mario Fennick and, and Craig Coleman. They were sort of my two heroes in, in those really early days. And I guess through to there, I was there out there just about every home game during the 1980s, mate. Jeez, they don't make halfbacks like uh, Tugger anymore, do they? No, he was brilliant. He, he sort of he was a bit underrated, to be honest. He just come through with a lot of other big-name halfbacks like Sturlow and Mortimer and the likes, mate. So he probably just missed out on some rep football, but he wasn't far behind him. I imagine in this time also you've had uh, Mario Fennick on the podcast? 
We went around and interviewed Mario last year, around at the pool there. He lives over there, not too far from East Guards, mate, at Pagewood, if anyone knows that area. And, mate, he was very welcoming, mate. And he's, he's still in good nick. Still fit as a fiddle, Mario. Looked like he could play, to be honest. Tell me, mate, obviously the side that he played in, that 1989 side, last team to make the finals in, uh, I think it took, what, 20-odd years for them to get back there. Tell me about that footy side. Yeah, that was an incredible side. Um, the forward pack was just so feared. Davison, Big Iron, Eden Roberts, Chisholm, Andrews, blokes like Brownie coming on. And uh, then you had the, the speed and the, the brains behind it with Phil Blake. Sort of, I oh, must have scored 15, 20 tries playing half back then. Tugger Coleman pulling all the strings, mate. Then Mavo on the end of it with the Swan Dive, you know, and Ross Harrington. And oh, the list goes on, mate. It was, it was a great side. Uh, and honestly, they should have won it. Just sort of had a lot of injuries towards the back end of that year and didn't have a lot of luck in that. In my life, I still blame Bill Harrigan for that one, mate. It's a forward pass. But on the, uh, I think it was the Paddington end, mate, down to, um, out of Ross Harrington. And I reckon that was a, that was a fair ball and it should have been a try. We would have went on and knocked off the Tigers that day. Mate, a name that you mentioned there that whenever I see tapes of him, he just looked like one of the most entertaining footballers we'll see. Phil Blake, just entertainment deluxe, wasn't he? Oh, unbelievable. Uh, you can always remember the chip and chase he had on him, and I think it might have been the first game we ever played the Broncos up at up there at Lang Park, the old Lang Park, and he did a double chip and chase to, to score under the post. And uh, great memories of him was that mate. He was just unbelievable. His speed was fantastic. I think he scored his rookie season for Mail. I think he scored twenty seven tries. Still a record to this wow. day. It's phenomenal what sort of player he was. Jeez, you're lucky if you scored 27 tries in a uh, career just quietly. Rookie season, that's incredible. It's 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 phenomenal, and especially being a half. You know, <laughs> they're sort of setting them up, aren't they? Mate, you go from the highs of 1989, having that sensational team, you just fall short. Ten years later, the club, it's just looking completely different, isn't it? Super League emerges. What are your memories from that time? Well, I suppose in those 90s, there were some tough times. We didn't win a hell of a lot of games and had a big turnover of players and you know, have a different coach every year. I can remember one year, I don't know exactly what year it was, but I watched South and Roosters and we got beaten 62-0 from memory. So <laughs> there were some really, really tough times in that period. I remember sitting there, there was a guy from Bronny, he was a Mad Roosters fan and one of the best um, exploits in the, in the fantasy NRL game, mate, Robert Bruns, bit of a bit of a character himself. He might be someone you might want to get on the show. But, yeah, I was sitting just, just behind him. He just give it to me the whole game. I, <laughs> I just had to cop it on the chin. There's not much I could do, mate. But but then you, you stick fat with the side and until I knew they'd come out the other side, even though they were punted in 99. And what can you do, mate? Mate, where were you when you found out that they were going to be punted from the comp? Yeah, well, I, I can remember... Um, just watching the news at home there and it flashed across the screen. I was with the family, mate, and we were just devastated, mate. Just a, a big hole in our lives, you know. We, we sort of went to every game and if we can't make it to a game, we used to listen on the radio back then before the cable TV was sort of broadcasting them all, mate, week in, week out. And Yeah, left a big left a big hole, mate. I, I didn't even really watch it, league, for those next couple of years, to be honest. Mate, I, I hear so many South Sydney fans say the exact same thing, that you know, r- rugby league wasn't rugby league without the South Sydney Rabbitohs and they just couldn't bring themselves to watch the game. Oh, I mean, jeez, I, I, I couldn't pick up another side. I just I was sort of keeping an eye on the SG ball results and Harold Matthews. <laughs> and I can remember seeing guys like Rennie Matua coming through there and embrace an Asta thinking, oh, jeez, I hope they, if we get back in the comp, we can get them to. We never end up getting them back in the, our side, so... We missed out on a, a fair bit of talent in that period as well, you know. Mate, I was watching Fox Sports a few weeks ago and they were talking about the Newcastle Knights and they said, um, they said, oh, you know, they've won two premierships and the bloke that was next to me, a big South Sydney fan, said, fuck, when, when did they win their other premiership? And I went, oh, 2001. He goes, yeah, I know about that one. And, he, and I go, what about 97? He goes, did they win it that year? And I went, are you, are you fucking for real? And he goes, mate, I... And, and that's when he sort of said, I didn't watch footy that year. He had no memory of it. I said, how do you not remember Darren Allen? And this is a footy fanatic too. Just just completely switched off it during that period. It's unbelievable. You know, we just, yeah, we just didn't want to be involved in it, mate. We just wanted to um, get our side back in it, to be honest. And a lot of work went behind the scenes and Nick Pappas and obviously Georgie Piggins and Tugger and all the, all the crew for a big court dispute, mate. It, it was pretty... Pretty dramatic, 
and uh, they, they got themselves back in, mate. Thank God they did. Mate, I think one of the most uh, emotional scenes from that whole period was, of course, uh, the march in Sydney and, you know, 10,000 South Sydney jerseys. But then I love when you look back at the pictures and there's just there's just about every other jersey represented across the league that wanted South Sydney back in. An emotional day. It was, mate. Um, people come from far and wide, all the big supporters up in Newcastle and Roosters fans, the old Bears fans and Tigers. And it was just everyone, to be honest. Yeah, it was a wave of support and, and emotion that sort of carried on in that court case, mate, and took down the big wigs in um, News Corp, mate. I don't think they'd ever lost a court case up until then. What do you remember from that day, the march? Yeah, I just remember the, the, the passion and the pride and, you know, how many old people just sort of their jerseys and their scarves on, walking down almost with tears in their eyes just with um, the support we got from um, everyone in the community, mate. And it was a bit of people power, mate. You speak about winning that court case, obviously. Where were you when you heard the result? Yeah, well, I was down at um, Darling Harbour. I'm a wharfie, so I was down on the docks there and I was listening on a little little two-way radio there, listening through. And uh, when the news come through, we're all bipping the horns and, you know, all the tugboat operators out in the, out in the harbour were bipping the horns and carrying on, mate. Yeah, it was, it was pretty emotional down there. I, yeah, I, was, I was happy as Larry, mate. Even though it was a little bit late, we, we struggled to get players. Uh, it was quite late in the year. I think it was around September when we finally were allowed back in. But anyway, we were just happy to be in it, to be honest. One of those once-in-a-lifetime moments, I guess. It, well, fuck, I hope it's once-in-a-lifetime. We don't want to go through it again, do we? <laughs> don't jinx us, mate. <laughs> <laughs> mate, obviously, they come back in 2002, that first night you take on the Roosters. The bell's ringing. There's so much emotion around. Unfortunately, that Roosters team, they're fucking star-studded. You know, they're, they're six months away from winning their first premiership in 25-odd years. Fantastic to see the red and green back, but a pretty unfortunate night for you guys, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess it was just a, a case of, you know, a bit of a David Goliath sort of battle in those early years. We, we didn't really have the roster. I mean, the Roosters were an established side and they were making grand finals around that period, weren't they? So, yeah, and I remember just thinking, oh, we've got a cut, bit of young talent here. I think Wade McKinnon sort of made his first grade debut that day and he, he didn't look too bad. And I thought we, we had something there, but he, he sort of moved on a little bit because there wasn't a lot of stars to be put around him. You know, it just... But anyway, mate, they got out there and played with it of passion and pride, and, and I think we only won a couple of games that year. Mate, the one guy that I remember from that period that, you know, win, lose, or draw, he's always entertaining, um, Owen Craigie. He was he just – I loved watching him play his footy. Yeah, the big O, mate. What, what a character. Just that you could do anything. One of the most talented rugby league players I've ever seen, to be honest. Um, probably struggled a little bit off the field with a few issues and weight and whatnot. But, um, yeah, mate, he, he was fantastic, mate, and a legend. Tell me, mate, like, obviously, you went through that late 90s period without having the Rabbitohs. Like, how did your life change once the Rabbitohs returned? Oh, yeah, well, I guess being a passionate rugby league fan, it's like an obsession, isn't it? You sort of, you know, you're checking all the teams coming out on the Tuesday and you're checking all the social medias to see if there's any injuries in the side or who's pulling out and whatnot. And then you're trying to move your work schedule around so you can go to all the games. And, yeah, mate, it was just... uh, it was a good time to be back, even though we weren't winning, but we didn't care, mate. We were just happy to have our team to go back and support. I knew I knew deep down that years to come, if we could sort of get a few players on board, we were, we were going to get a premiership eventually. Chaps, do you remember the first game that you won uh, since you came back? Um, no, I can't remember it, actually. No, I, I, I can't recall it, to be honest. What was it? <laughs> oh, no, mate, I'm not sure either. I was hoping you'd know. The one thing I do remember, though, is that um, whenever, you know, during that dark period, uh, Garlow's Pies would offer a, um, a free feed every game they won. And for, <laughs> oh, I just remember that you used to come home from those games and the occasional one that they won, Garlow's would just be fucking stacked there. One at Ruby Junction, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, the, yeah. got on pounding. We used to park at Ruby Junction, get a pie and jump on the bus and head out there to the SFS. <laughs> me and Dad and me brother. Mate, obviously, you know, we I, I commonly refer though to, to those days as sort of like the dark days of South Sydney, not many wins. What's the moment that you remember it sort of starting to turn around? I, I suppose it would be that 07 team. We started to we grab a couple of established stars. They might have been sort of on the way out a little bit and Kidwell and 
Nigel Wanganar and Paul Mellor and, and the likes. And, and we, we started to win those tough games, you know. I think Jason Taylor come in as a coach and we, we weren't scoring a lot of points, but defensively we were really strong. We were in all the games and, and we sort of scraped into the eight in the end. And, and that was sort of the start of something special, I think. We were slowly building. We were competitive, you know what I mean? We were mid-table or just on the fringe of the eight there. And um, I knew we were sort of on that upward trend. Mate, I remember when David Kidwell signed, um, I was teaching down in Coogee at the time and I had his daughter in my class and um, she came to me on the Monday morning and, and she said, oh, uh, dad fell on me on the weekend. And I, and I went, what, what do you mean he fell on you? And she goes, oh, we're having a barbecue and he, he tripped over me. And I went, oh, is he all right? She goes, oh, no, he's in hospital. And I sort of went, I started adding it all up. Fuck, season's three weeks away. What's going on here? I've gone, you know, show me what he did. And she showed me the way he fell and I just went, oh, my God, this isn't good. And then surely that afternoon, all the news broke. Fucking heartbreaking, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, you know. It was someone like that, you know. But, I mean, just even having him off the field, you know, someone like that, an attitude. And obviously, you would have met him a few times. I got to spend a Christmas or two with him, believe it or not. A friend of mine, his sister became good friends with his missus because they didn't have a lot of family here. They are from Wellington, South Island, New Zealand. So they used to come and do Christmas with us Um Every year, and he'd become an all right mate of mine. Kitty, he's a legend. He's, he's a champion bloke. Coaching God, mate. Yeah, champ, absolute legend of a bloke. Mate, obviously, like him, and the, the ones that I remember are him and Roy Asatasi. They were the first real guys that arrived that had the ability to be able to draw rep players from other teams to come and play for South Sydney. And I think those sort of guys are extremely underrated as far as a club goes, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they were, mate. I suppose I'm. Probably the biggest star was Fletcher at the time, and he sort of didn't have a lot around him. Ash Harrison from Brisbane. And then, then you had that side that you're talking about there, the 07 side. with Asatasi was a real cornerstone of that pack. He Just his foot speed, and he'd just come off a win. He won the premiership with the Bulldogs the, the previous uh, two years prior, I think it was. And, yeah, he, he just got us on the upward trend. I think he just missed out. He might have retired in 2013, I think it was, but he sort of... He was part of that real revival, mate. Mate, which year was it that you made the finals for the first time since 89? Yeah, I think it was 07, mate, where we played Manly. I just spoke about earlier. That was the first time in, in a long, long time. And me missus, I didn't even get to go to it. was at Brookvale. I missus bought a uh, tickets to a concert and I had to go to this concert. But anyway, <laughs> kept looking at my phone the whole time and <laughs> run out the toilet and see if they had a TV out there to watch it. But anyway, we, we got knocked off that day. It wasn't, wasn't to be, but... I suppose the first time we made the top four in a, since 89 was, yeah, 2000, 2012, mate. We, we, wanted, we went there in back-to-back-to-back back back seasons, 12, 13 and 14, and finally took it out, mate. Yeah, that was a pretty special time. Mate, that like 2010 to 2014, you've just got all these guys that start to emerge. Uh, you know, you've got your Adam Reynolds, you've got your Isaac Lukes that are just starting to come of age. Could you feel that something, something was building? Yeah, I could. I remember when, I remember when uh, Madge signed up to be the coach from overseas and we, he had this reputation of being a real army man, you know, and just real drill sergeant. And I thought, well, that's that's something someone like John Sutton would need, you know. Like he sort of had all the talent but just didn't really apply himself as much as what he what he could. And I remember a story where Madge started video on the training sessions. He'd say, you know, do X amount of push-ups and sit-ups and, Anyone that was cutting corners, I don't think they realised. And they called John in and said, look, mate, we asked you to do X amount. And he, he didn't do it. He was cutting off. And he said, well, what do you want to do? Well, I'm quite happy to release you. Where do you want to go? And that's when, that was sort of a bit of a light bulb moment for Johnny. And he said, oh, no, I want to be here. And he goes, well, mate, if you want to be here, you've got to do X, Y, and Z. We'll move you on pretty quick. And, and, and you've seen – that was a big turning point in John Sutton's career. I think he's probably probably one of our most famous and, and most capped players in history. And – and for someone like him to, to lift the trophy those couple of years later, I think a lot of it had to do with Madge's discipline, mate. Mate, it simply was amazing to see, you know, a local junior lift that trophy. I mean, uh, you know, the, some of the other guys I'll touch on, like Greg Inglis and Sam Burgess, sensational players, but they're not South Sydney juniors. And South Sydney, rich history of having juniors. And it just hits differently when they are South juniors. And for John Sutton to lift that trophy, it was just amazing, wasn't it? Oh, mate, it was unbelievable. The fact that, yeah, well, I'm from Maroubra and he's from Maroubra and to have him be the first South Junior to lift the trophy and be the captain of a premiership winning team since the 1930s, I believe it was. 
um, was a, a pretty special time, mate. Those two guys I mentioned before, mate. Let's talk about Greg Inglis first of all. And I mean, I had um I had Peter O'Sullivan on my podcast earlier today, talking to him about the day that he discovered GI and just the career he had, and for him to end up at South Sydney, it was just meant to be, wasn't it? It was meant to be, mate. You know, we've got such a rich history and tradition with the Indigenous people. And, you know, I was just, I couldn't believe it when we jagged him. I think he, he signed on, like, Christmas Eve. Of that. Um, I think it might have been the 2010 going into the 2011 season. He signed on Christmas Eve. It was the greatest Christmas present of all time, mate. <laughs> and, I mean, GI, like, like, obviously, it was after the salary cap scandal, so... What, he'd won two grand finals. He'd won a Clive Churchill medal. He was the best. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 5'8", center or fullback, depending what jersey you threw him. It was just a massive signing, wasn't it? Well, it was unbelievable. Yeah, I think 2011 was his first season. and It was under Johnny Lang. And he came in a little bit underdone. He was about 118 kilos, I think. And he sort of worked his way into the season. He played played really well, but it was that following year when Madge come in and first couple of games he played in the centres. And then I think Dylan Farrell had a bit of a shocker down in Melbourne, at Melbourne. I was at that game. And the following week we played Penrith and he put him back at fullback. And he, I was just about to trampled. say, this is the game I remember, the Penrith game. He trampled Matt Moylan, I think. And that, that, for the rest of his history, mate, he was a fullback for the next couple of years. And, a fullback like we'd never seen in the game with the power and speed and skill is unbelievable. Mate, the other guy I mentioned before, obviously Sam Burgess makes his way from the other side of the world. I mean, I remember, I'm, I'm sure you'll remember it, that, that test match against New Zealand where Fui Fui Moi Moi charges off the dropout and Burgess fucking just puts him into next week. And no one had done that to Fui Fui before. And he was this 18-year-old kid from England. We'd never heard of him. He was just special, wasn't he? Oh, that was a pretty special shot, mate. Sort of sent shockwaves right through the rugby league world. And, yeah, we were lucky enough to jag him for, for old Rusty. And I remember being at the first game he played. It was a return to Redfern game, a trial game we were playing in that period for a few years. And we played a manly side that had some pretty good young talent and Frank Paul and Uesala and the likes. And, and they presented Sam with a South City membership of his late father. He just had so much emotion and he come off the bench and he kept hammering that Frank Paul Nuasala and Lama Tase, if you remember him, I think he went over to England. And he, he just was, every time they did a hit up, he'd just come out of the line and smash him, take the ball off of me. Then he'd trample over the top of the score and the coach just pulled him off. He said, we've got to get him off. He's going to kill someone. <laughs> I thought we got something special on our hands here. Mate, he was just an animal, wasn't he? I mean, on his day, he was by far and away the most destructive forward in the game, if not the most destructive player in the game. He was he was just doing stuff that forwards, you know, he he was like a prototype for a perfect forward, wasn't he? He was. He had everything. Um, the, the mindset, I think, more than anything, you know, he, he was just a winner. He just wanted to find out who was the, the top dog in the opposition pack, and, and he just took them on straight off the bat. He wanted to stand over him, you know, and, and if he... If he did that, more times than not, we'd come over with a victory, mate. He's one of those guys, too. He just set he just set the tone for the emotion of the South Sydney team. In the first five minutes, by how Sam was playing, you just knew how South Sydney were going to go. And, I mean, it all, you know, when I talk about that, it's all summed up in that grand final, isn't it? I mean, I'll let you tell the story of that grand final with Sam Burgess, but just unbelievable stuff. Um, yeah, it was an amazing, amazing time, mate. I can remember... We just beat the Roosters. We were at the game, and uh, me and Dad were out there, and my brother and I said, "Let's get online and get tickets for next week." And we grabbed tickets, and rather than nosebleed section, we're in the middle of nowhere, and I'm lining up to grab the tickets at Hillsdale over here at the post office, and my mate, my mate rang me, who owned a surf shop down at Bondi, and he, and he's in partnership with David Gingell, the old Channel Nine boss, the board member of the Sydney Roosters. His father was the first man on television. Anyway, he goes, "Look, um, he's offered." Um, me two tickets to go 
in the Channel 9 box for the grand final. I want to go. And I went, oh, geez, I've got a bit of a decision to make here because, you know, I want to go watch it with my father, don't I? But in the end, I had to flick dad. I went up going to the Channel 9 box. And, uh, mate, it was uh, what a special day. It was a bloody, a bloody hot day. I remember going out there and it was pretty hot. And so we just, instead of going out in the balcony in the heat, mate, we are over on the east end. I sat inside the air conditioning drinking bottles of 150 lashes and, you know, smoked salmon sandwiches and had uh, lamb cutlets. as tender as you like, mate. It wasn't very South Sydney-like, I'll tell you. <laughs> I bet Ginge was really happy for you. Yeah, he was, mate. Yeah, we're right on that halfway line, and I, th- I suppose the tickets for, were for him and Layla, his wife. But you know, they're not going to want to go out and watch South Sydney win. And it was right next to the Telstra box, actually. They were on the dead halfway line. We were just slightly next to him, and right, I, there was a bit of a bar between us. But there was Cherry Evans and his pregnant missus at the time, and Wendell Saylor, and they're all on that Telstra box. So it was a bit surreal to be honest, be watching it from there. Mate, tell me about that game. Obviously, we mentioned Sam Burgess before he announces. You know, during that season that it would be his last season with South Sydney, he's going to Rugby Union, and it was sort of like a put-up-or-shut-up moment there for South Sydney. They had to win it there, or there was a good chance their window was going to close. Yeah, um, I guess he, he said, no matter what happens, before he goes out, well, we're coming home with the trophy, you know what I mean? And you could see in that opening tackle where he fractured the cheekbone, nothing was going to get him off the field. You know, you could tell he was in pain, and his whole face was moving. And... um it was, gonna, it was a little bit tight early on, but I just knew we'd eventually wear him down. I think really the grand finals the week before, you know, we played the Roosters. We're down 10 blot and, and come right over the top of them there, mate. And uh, I just, I had no doubt in my mind we are going to knock off the, the Bulldogs, mate. And uh, there was a couple of penalty goals there. And I think that, that guy where George Burgess sort of boot half a dozen blokes and scored under the post. That was the moment, mate, where we knew we had him. And that was... Uh, the, the emotion across the ground was just, just incredible, mate. I, I mean, I'll go back to when they ran out, mate. When, when they ran out, that was a really special moment, mate. It was, I reckon it was 80% South fans, to be honest. I remember Des Hasler made the Rabbitohs wait in the field that little bit longer, if you can remember. It was about a seven or eight-minute period, and I thought, oh, no, we hope they don't put them off here. And South were doing little training drills to stay focused, but it didn't put us off, Desi and his little tricks, eh? Mate, you speak about the crowd there, and, I, like, I, I, I was out there that night. I was also there 10 years early to watch the Bulldogs beat the Roosters, and... I remember when the Bulldogs won that grand final, the sound at the end, I thought, fuck, I'm never going to hear anything louder than that. These fans are unbelievable. Got to that South Sydney grand final, and, mate, you guys just drowned them out. It was unbelievable. It was. It's incredible. That noise when they ran out in the field, mate, it's something, you know, I'll never forget that moment, you know. Just never thought I'd see it, to be honest, but we had some tough times. But, yeah, it made all that all that hard, hard-earned money you put in been a member for, you know, since 1998 and spent all that money going away games and whatnot and, you know, made it all made it all worthwhile, nice. Mate, you, you know, d- during that grand final, obviously Greg Inglis scores, you know, his try and I think it's that image that whenever I think South Sydney, that's the image I think of, you know, GI doing his goanna at the end. Just such an incredible moment and it just summed up, you know, his career was leading to that one moment to deliver that for South Sydney. Unbelievable. Yeah, he had a lot of pressure on him, I guess. And you've seen, you know, the, the emotion come over him. And he did say that was the most special premiership he's ever been a part of, even though he's a part of that unbelievable Melbourne Storm side. And But, uh, yeah, you could, you could see it on Sam's face as well, the emotion. He was crying on his haunches. That's a iconic image um, that sort of you won't forget for a long, long time, mate. Now, mate, obviously that grand final, you know, a bit of controversy in the week. Obviously, Isaac Luke's ruled out. Appy Corusau comes in. And, you know, when you look back now and we know the sort of player Appy Corusau has become, you know, it's no shock that he got the job done. But back then, there was a bit of mystery surrounding it and he really delivered, didn't he? He did. He was fantastic. Um, I mean, I thought they might have... We had Cam McGinnis in the squad back then. He debuted that year. So I thought, oh, geez, well, they put the young rookie in. But no, they were, they were confident that... Young Appy would do the job. He sort of played a lot of halfback that year in reserve grade. I think people realise, and that's sort of where he gets a lot of those ball skills and that he that he possesses to this day. And he's been instrumental in um, Penrith's incredible season. What the first first team in since nineteen ninety seven to lose only one game in a season, the Manly side. Oh, uh, yeah, he, he's a he's developed into a really special player, hasn't he, mate? Mate, I was lucky enough to have Dylan Walker on my podcast earlier this year, and we were talking about this grand final, and he sort of. 
He said that the, what made it so special was just the amount of local juniors that are in that side, as we spoke about, you know. Off the top of my head, Sutton, Dylan Walker himself, Adam Reynolds. Like, there was just a heap of them, wasn't there? Yeah, it was, you know. And Chase Clark, a local Botany boy. I worked with his father, Gary, and, you know, I couldn't have been happier for him. Someone who uh, was never after the big money. He was never a big star on the side, but was, was just as important as all of them, mate. Mate, the full-time siren goes. Explain to me the emotions. Oh mate, yeah, it was it was unbelievable, mate. I you know that said had tears in my eyes and just, I remember going when we left the ground, you know, I didn't want to leave until the free beer was over. But anyway, we ended up leaving the ground and, and I see my cousin who flew down from Queensland because all my family, my mum's side of the family there from King Street mascot and they're all just mad South fans. I live all around Australia and we ran about twenty metres to sort of do a big hug to each other and you know, headbutting me and knocking me too through my front lift, but that's how, <laughs> that's how uh, excited we got, mate. But uh, I was quite happy to, to cop a fat lip for that one, mate. How did the uh, rest of the night unfold? Did you go back to South Juniors? Well, in, in the morning, I went to South Juniors and put a carton of beer on ice in my car. And I had a, my brother-in-law just got back from Cuba the week before and I had a Cuban cigar there, mate. And we got on the bus, we were singing glory, glory all the way home. Take me on Botany Road. And they took us all the way to the Juniors, a couple of these buses. And yeah, we was out in front on the drink, smoking the Cuban cigars, and I um I thought, geez, I want to get in the juniors, you know, into the thing. And I went around the back, and this bloke was walking out. He goes, oh, you want to go in, mate? I said, yeah. And he goes, he ripped off the um little little armband with a South Sydney Rabbitoh thing on it, and he gave it to me. And I just held onto it and walked up with the guy, and he let me in. So I ended up getting into the players' function after it, mate, and having a getting a photo with a trophy and hugging all the players, and you know, telling them how much it meant to me. So it was pretty special, mate. Got home about six in the morning, mind you. Which uh, which players were doing <laughs> the most damage in there? Oh yeah, Sato and Clarkie. They were they were knocking them back, mate. And um, big Davey Tyrrell and Chris McQueen, mate. Yeah, they'll, they'll go mad, mate. It was fantastic. Did and you the Burgess boys. Yeah, the Burgess boys, of course. I remember. Um, it must have been two days later. I was sitting in Randwick having a coffee, and there was a. I could tell when I was the only one in the coffee shop and the people were, were sort of walking around on eggshells and I thought it was a bit odd. And then um, a bus pulled up out the front and Michael Maguire popped his head into the cafe and he said, oh, can you grab him? And he was talking to the bar staff and I, I sort of looked around and went, fuck, that's Michael Maguire. I thought, what's going on here? In the corner of the cafe was Tom Burgess. He was in like a matching tracksuit head to toe, passed out in the corner and they just tapped him and he got up and he jumped on the bus and I watched him get on the bus and they... They threw him a polo and he got changed and then they went into the city to do the, uh, oh, the, the bus parade. parade. Oh, yeah. But, mate, he was cactus 30 minutes before that. He was passed out in the corner. I didn't even notice him. It was about 100 kilos of human sitting there. I couldn't even see him. Crazy. Yeah, the, the celebrations Yeah, went on went on for a long, long time, I believe. Yeah, the boys – well, the boys had a few, um, obviously, things to do. You know, they went to Redfern the next day and, and also they had that bit of a – Ticker take parade, I suppose you could call it. Start at the juniors. I went down there and, you know, watched it all unfold, mate. It was pretty special, mate. We'll, we'll party in for weeks after that. Mate, sensational stuff. Obviously, you come back in 2015. Sam Burgess isn't there. Leaves a massive hole in your side. You're still you have a pretty decent fight, though. Yeah, well, if you remember back, those first six games were almost unbeatable, South. They come out and knocked off Brisbane. Suncott was at 30-odd points to eight or, or, or something like that. And they, they kicked on and ended up winning a, a pretty controversial game on it was uh, Easter Friday against the Doggies where Adam Reynolds was taken out the last minute going for a field goal by James Graham. And yeah, his ankle was crook. And I think Clemmer got sent off, didn't he? And, and then uh, Bryson Goodwin had to step up, step up and um, kick the winning goal. And sort of never really had any traction from there on in, mate. I think we started off about 6-0 and or something like that. And just scraped into the eight in the end and were knocked off by a pretty um, pretty decent Cronulla side. And, mate, since then, you know, you've been thereabouts every single year. And this year, once again, you know, before last Friday, you were guaranteed to make finals footy regardless. But coming into finals footy off a game like that, I mean, I guess there's two ways to look at it. Do you look at it as, you know, you're so excited they're playing that well or does it worry you that they've had such a good game coming in here? Uh, that's a fair point, mate. I mean... Obviously, the week before that, we were knocked off by the Bulldogs, who come to stay marvellous last at the time. But um, you know, I mean, I don't know. What do you want to do? You want to come in and get flogged the week into the semis, or, or do you want to win? I mean, the, the boys are on a high. They got a long turnaround around. 
the Friday to Sunday sort of turnaround and I'm sure they'll have a game plan for Newcastle. I think we match up quite well against Newcastle. I think our strength is our left side and their weakness is their right edge defence. And this looks like this week, I was only talking to Campbell Graham just earlier in the Zoom press conference for Rabbitohs Radio and Campbell's matching up with Bradman Best. Now, Campbell didn't play in that game last time we played Newcastle where they knocked us off by only two points. And I think we match up. he matches up pretty good against Bradman Best. What do you think, mate? Mate, I, I, the one thing I will say about Campbell Graham is that when he was named at centre, you know, during this year, I sort of went, oh, geez, I don't know about it. He's such a good winger. I, I don't know if I'd be moving him. Fuck, I don't know if I could ever move him back to the wing. He's just found a new home at centre and he's flying, isn't he? What, what people probably fail to see is he, he's played left wing, right wing, left centre, right centre. It doesn't matter where you put him, he does a job. Um, he's not really, doesn't play with a lot of emotion. He sort of, you know, doesn't get too excited. Just, he looks like he's real business-like, mate, and... I think he's been one of the more improved players in the competition. And, and I think Brad Fittler will be looking at him come origin. You know, he might not be in that first 17, but if someone's injured, I, I, geez, I reckon he'd be sort of in the thoughts of the selectors, mate. Mate, there was a few guys that I expected Brad Fittler to name on Sunday night. I think he named five players in his squad. I think it was Payne Haas, the Trevojevic boys, Frizzell, and, the, and there was someone else. But there was one that he left out, Zach Lomax. And as soon as he didn't name Lomax, I thought, fuck... I, I reckon he's a real chance here, Campbell Graham. I wouldn't be shocked to see him in this squad at all. Yeah, it's a fair point, mate. Um, if he continues, well, the, the last seven games he scored 10 tries. He, he's on some sort of streak at the moment, mate. He, he's scored a try in every game since round 14. And if he can carry that momentum through to the final. Now, he's ripped off a try as well last week. Don't forget that. Bunnies fans, don't forget, mate. Hey, that was a fair dickum try, mate. Ashley Klein. Rolled his ankle. Well, I'm not going to say that's karma, but anyway, a couple of days later. <laughs> Mate, um, I said on my podcast a few days ago, if Rugby League Week was still doing ratings, I think Cody Walker would have got an 11 for his game last week. He's just an absolute freak, isn't he? He's, uh, he's, he's something out of the box, isn't he, mate? He's just he's at you all day. I mean, Luke Keery's probably regarded as the best 5-8 in the comp, but I don't, I don't think Cody Walker's too far behind him. The way he plays short sides, both of them do that. Exploits the numbers, just a, and he, he's his past selection with without thinking about it is pretty freakish, isn't it? So he'll get a ball within a split second. He'll put a bloke, throw it to a bloke in space. I think he'd done it a few times the other night. That was just incredible. His instincts are just second to none. I think I heard Vossi say that he's you know the best backyard footballer in the NRL, and geez, I couldn't agree more. The way he plays, he's one of those guys that you could put him in er- any era of rugby league ever, and I think he would. Be just as dominant as he is right now. He's just incredible. I mean, probably the only thing missing from his game at the moment is you want to see him do it in a, in a clutch situation, you know, where, where it might be only a couple of points in it, you know, in a prelim final or a grand final. But uh, but he's certainly capable of it, of it. And we we might see that in the coming weeks, mate. Mate, obviously his halves partner for me, he is the heart and soul of South Sydney. He obviously got named as the captain this year, which has been sensational for him. And, you know, I, I look back that 2014 grand final also, and I, I think his performance is so underrated. His kicking game has just been second to none for the last five years. Adam Reynolds, tell me about him. Yeah, we had him on Rabbitohs Radio podcast earlier on the year, mate, when he was named captain. And I, I guess I wasn't sure if it sat well with him at that stage, but as the season's gone on, mate, he's he's become a real leader and, and, he, and he really wears that as a badge of honour, mate. And he's, He just kicks teams to death, doesn't he? He's got the best long, short kicking game in the competition. And I think a lot, a lot of his form this year has been built off the back of defence. Probably doesn't get spoken about a lot, but I think in that COVID break, he worked on defence a lot, you know. And uh, I think the Roosters game, he come in a little bit underdone. I believe he had a little slight injury two weeks out. And didn't have his best offensive game. I think it was round three. And ever since then, he's just been getting in front of the big blokes. You know, blokes like Kickow haven't gone through him. He, he's been up to the task um, against all the big edge back rowers, which he will be week in, week out. Done a great job um, the other night as well, mate. And I think, you know, that's where his confidence has come from off the back of that. Mate, the other critical part of this team is, of course, Damien Cook, you know, you got him off the scrap heap at Canterbury. You know, no one really wanted him. He's now the Australian hooker. What you guys have done with him has been simply incredible. Yeah, I mean, there was a bit of a knock on him there under the one referee. They thought he was going to no-brain him and all that. But but he's played his role on the team fantastically, mate. And, and what people probably fail to see is he, he averages about 50-odd tackles a game in the middle. He's not the biggest bloke. 
He's so courageous. And it was great the other night leading into the semifinals, which I think is going to be key. Made around uh, around 30-odd tackles, which is not many for him because we had the ball most of the night. And they also gave him a 10-minute spell at the end of that game. They put um, Cam Murray in the hooker. Well, we can play Cam Murray absolutely anywhere, mind you. He come in and play Sewer on the weekend and did a great job on the right edge. Can I ask you about Cookie, mate? Like, I remember sitting here in the COVID break and these new rules come out. And the first thing I thought was, fuck, if this forward pack from South Sydney can just compete in games, these rules are going to suit Damien Cook down to a T. He hasn't quite exploded as I expected him to. Do you think we could see more of him in these final series? Yeah, I believe so, mate. I think I just touched on it there. The, the fact that he he's going to come into the finals a little bit fresh. You know, they brought him off. The first time they brought him off in... Oregon, two years to be honest, brought him off a little, little, little early shower for Cookie, and and didn't have to do a lot of defensive work. His work out of dummy half was fantastic. You know, he was part of a, a hell of a lot of those tries. But if you have a look at most of the tries we had the other night, it, it was basically the nine, six, seven, and one. They're involved in every single one of them, mate. So he's, you know, everyone's sort of talking up Cody Walker at the moment, but Cookie's just as important as any one of those guys, mate. Let me ask you, mate, when I was looking at your squad in the preseason, I was looking at your forward pack and I was just thinking, geez, they're one injury away from being in serious trouble here. And what Wayne Bennett's done this year with some of these guys, I mean, you know, you've had you've had Cartwright, you've had Ciro come through, Junior Satola's gone to a complete new level, Harme Sele, he's been sensational this year, Liam Knight's been great. It's just got Wayne Bennett written all over it, doesn't it? They've, they've had contributions, um, yeah, for in that in that whole top thirty squad, haven't they, mate? You know, you can you, you mentioned Junior Totola, and he's so important to that side. Like, don't forget, he didn't play for a couple of weeks, you know, and and we sort of went off the boil a bit, and he's come back, and we've we've dropped a sixty burger on the Roosters, and he, him and him and Tom Burgess, it's got to be Tom Burgess's best season, mate. I can't remember too many drop balls coming out of our own end um, like like he has in the previous few seasons, mate. He just instills confidence in, in young forwards, mate. Um, you know, you can go right through the list. You know, blokes like Mark Nichols. You know, he's improved out of sight. Mark, his footwork at the line. Liam Knight's been up and down, but he certainly had a big game on the weekend. And then you got guys like Keon Kalamatangi, a junior from Mascot, who his post-contact meters are off the charts, mate. He had more post-contact meters than the greatest player in the world, that James Tedesco on the weekend. You know, coming off the bench. Putting Keon and Mark Nichols, 336 meters off the bench. Uh, and we've had contributions, um, you know, Jaden Sewer, he's gone to another level this year. One of the biggest hitters in the game. You know, you mentioned Harme Sello. Uh, mate, they've got a fantastic pack. And I reckon we've got the best lock in the game, mate. Cam Murray, you can just put him anywhere. He'll give you everything he's got. He's just a footballer, isn't he? Just a footballer, mate. An absolute freak, mate. Yeah, Wayne's done a great job with his forward pack. Um, South fans certainly haven't underrated him. We've more than matched it with some of the best teams in the comp, if not um, stood over a few of them, mate. Let me ask you, mate, obviously Wayne Bennett, you know, to some extent his days are numbered here as South Sydney coach. Are you a bit worried about life after Wayne or do you think he's going to leave them in good hands? No, no, Jason Demetrio is a champion, mate. We've had the pleasure of meeting him a few times and we've had him on the show and, you know, he's he's a great story himself, mate. You know, a real battler from the St. George... Dragons originally and, and got an opportunity over in one of the lower level teams in England and worked his way up and he was part of um, his team promoted into the Super League and I think he scored 60 odd tries over there mate, a, a real battler and done his apprenticeship um, up there at North Queensland and come back through the Dragons and up to the Broncos with Wayne and uh, mate, I think we're in good hands mate he, he pretty much runs the side now as it is Wayne's just a bit of a man manager over the top you know so and guess what? He's he's one of the greatest coaches in NRL history, mate. He's got a hundred percent record, two and zero. <laughs> so we're expecting nothing to change, mate. At the at the end of next season, mate. Before we get to next season, tell me before I let you go: Are South Sydney going to win this weekend against the Newcastle Knights? Yeah, mate. I reckon we'll we'll, we'll have a win there, mate. Um, we, we've got to start well, you know. We've South. We've got to sort of. If our completions are up around that 85%, um, we just don't get beat, mate. We don't get challenged, mate. It's all about handling the ball. I mean, the day game's a bit of a query. We haven't had too many day games. I mean, Newcastle have had a few. Um, that'd be probably the only query for mine. But day game, you'd think that'd suit the style of football South play, to be honest. And I reckon we'll we'll come away with at least uh, a two-try two try plus margin, mate. 
Mate, hopefully it's a dry track and we get to see Caelan Ponga and Cody Walker go head-to-head. Like, two of the true entertainers, aren't they? Oh, he's a, he's a freak, that Caelan Ponga, isn't he? What he does on, on two feet is something special. When he when he gets on the end of a, a set play and bends the corner and just those select passes out of the wing, they're pretty special. We've got to be on our toes for a, for a guy like him. But I think that is it Daniel Saifudi, the starting front row. I think he's just about the form front row in the competition, mate. Uh, He's someone we'll be looking to uh, put on the deck as, as quick as we can, mate. And uh, so blokes like Ponga and Pierce out the back there don't get as much room and opportunity. Chaps, uh, fan is short for fanatic, and you certainly are a South Senior Abidos fanatic, mate. I thank you so much for coming on. And for all my listeners, make sure you, you jump over and you have a listen to the Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. If you're a Rabbitohs fan, it's a must-listen. If you're not, it is just a fantastic rugby league podcast that I highly advise everyone gets around. Nathan, thanks for the opportunity, mate. And uh, up the mighty rabbits, mate. Good luck this weekend, mate. All the best. Hopefully I hear you singing Glory Glory on the weekend. Yeah, thanks very much. Hope so. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbird styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Superlight Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Superlight Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot code SUPER24.